0: To your butt. I'm of course surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners.
1: Huey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What
0: the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well,
2: our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our job. Joey
1: Clark.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Joey Clark of Radio Hour. Thank you so much for listening. If you feel like it, go to Facebook, the Book of Faces, type in the Joey Clark Radio Hour, and give the page a like. It's not like you'll actually see my post because of how Facebook works. It's not like I'm trying to get famous here in Montgomery. Good lord, because every time somebody reaches for that brass ring, tries to reach the heights of fame, all their dirty laundry comes out. Oh, and it looks like, folks, it's Popped up earlier today, about midday, here in Alabama. Alabama rocked! Judge Moore hit with sex accusations. Oh, yeah, we're really rocking down here in Alabama. Really rocking. It's almost, it's been a medal of a day because not only has Judge Moore been hit by sexual allegations, so has Louis C.K. So what do we want to rock out to Alabama? Because we've been rocked. Maybe we could go with one of my favorites, uh, David Bowie.
0: I'm, an alligator. I'm a mama, Papa coming for you. Yeah,
2: but Bowie, I think, hooked up with like 15, 14-year-old girls. Well, what about uh, what about Heartbreaker by Led Zeppelin? Yeah, but Jimmy Page traveled with a 14-year-old girl for years. And there's that whole thing with the fish. And I never thought Roy Moore would share the same sentence with Jimmy Page and David Bowie. But all the young dudes carry the news. Roy Moore has been accused of sex with a 14-year-old when he was 32. And not intercourse but advances towards a 14-year-old girl. The woman is now, I believe, 52. Judge Moore is 70. So this happened in the late 70s. Roy, 32. This young girl at the time, now a woman, 14. Her mom has to go inside the courthouse so the story reads and it turns out it's for a divorce proceeding a young Roy Moore whose office is right in that area offers to look after the girl and the mother thought it was so sweet the conversation was innocent asking you know what kind of things does she like to do where is she going to school because she's 14 I remember in my own life hey where do you go to school I came back for a holiday from college. Where do you go to school? Thinking it's another person coming back from college. Oh, I go to Trinity. All right, then. I'll talk to you, but I'm not hitting on you. Goodness. So he calls the girl. Asks for a number, says, can I call you? She says, yes, because she's 14. He calls the girl, and he has... Her meet him out on the street, and he picks her up, and she thinks they're going out to eat dinner, and they end up going to his house that she remembers is far, far away, and it's an unpaved driveway. And they sit and talk, and he tells her how pretty she is, puts his arm around her, kisses her. Again, he's 32, she's 14. 14. Then she wanted to go home and he takes her home. He calls again. She meets him out on the street again. He picks her up again. They go to his place again. This time, she finds herself, at least the story in the Washington Post reads, lying on a blanket. And Roy Moore walks out from the other room in whitey tidies. I'm so glad we got the boxer brief with the, you know, nice better fabric I couldn't the chafing with whitey tighties is terrible I I don't know how you folks wore them for so many years and allegedly Roy Moore takes her pants off takes her shirt off leaves her underwear on and starts touching her over the top of her bra and panties then takes her hand and puts it on his crotch and that's when she sort of recoils and says I want to go home and he says okay and he takes her home. He calls her again and she makes up some excuse that she can't do it anymore and it ends there. There are three other women in this Washington Post story. Some he met before they were of age, but then all of them, as he was courting them, the allegations go, when they are of age. But, of course, you still have a 32-year-old person courting somebody who's 16, 17, 18. You know, as I've gotten older, I hit that age. You know, when you first graduate from college and you move, in my case, back home or you move somewhere, you still can date people in college. Even now, I think at 28, I could still date somebody in college without it being too icky. But, as I've gotten older, and I meet people who are younger than me, most of the time I don't have anything in common with them. Now, of course, the Roy Moore campaign and Roy Moore himself are saying none of this is true. More attacks from the Democrats, more attacks from the mainstream media. Everybody who already despised Roy Moore, in particular people that really didn't like the fact that Roy said being gay should be illegal, or just acting it out, don't don't hate the sinner, hate the sin. People that were already out to get Roy Moore, already didn't like him, they believe every word of the allegations. People that really don't like the Democrats or they really like Roy Moore, whatever the reason, don't like the media, don't like the Washington Post, BuzzFeed. They're saying, how could this be true? It's 30-something-year-old allegations. And I'm sitting over here because you get a weird perspective when you unplug yourself from partisan politics. I unplugged cable. And I started watching, I don't know, shows about food. Which really are shows about people's cultures from all over the country and the world. I started watching professional wrestling. I started watching documentaries on history listening to vinyl records. And yeah, I'll read the news in the morning. And this whole thing reminds me of how corrupting power is. Of how nasty politics Is Power tends to corrupt, and absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely. We usually think of that statement as something that applies to a president, or to a senator, or to a governor, or to a mayor, or somebody in elected office, somebody with real power, or to a big movie executive like Harvey Weinstein, or to a powerful, famous actor. Like Kevin Spacey, or maybe even to a comedian who was pretty openly perverted already, but now we know his jokes weren't just jokes, they're based off reality, so don't go pulling into Louis C.K. We usually think of power corrupts, whether it's political power or fame or money. It's those people with all that power who are corrupted. But I've started to think about that phrase in a different way. Power corrupts. Because I think power has corrupted the people. And it's corrupted the people of these dear United States in a particular way. And it's not necessarily unique to the United States, you see this throughout history. History is written by the victors, and they tend to write that history in a light that shines well on them. But the certain way power, whether it be political power or fame, is corrupting the people, is bad faith. And that's not just another way to call somebody double-minded, not somebody who consciously just believes in whatever they need to believe. But I mean bad faith in this sense that somebody is acting or adopts false values, acting out false values that aren't true to who they really think they are and who they really want to be because they're in a particular role in society. Now, a benign example is maybe you're a server, a waiter or a waitress at a restaurant. And the person that you're looking at is just acting like a complete a-hole to you, treating you really like a servant. But you smile and you say, here are the daily specials and here are our drink specials tonight. Can I get you anything? And that'll be right to you. And I'll, I'll go tell the chef that you want your... Steak, well done. Sorry about that, sir. But really, on the inside, when you're serving that person, you want to call them out. You want to say, I don't want to serve somebody like you. Came to this table acting pleasantly, and now you're treating me badly, but my job requires that I treat you well all the same. The customer is always right. That's a fairly benign example. All of us, I think, have done that in some way. Whether it's biting your tongue at church or biting your tongue at a family get-together or staying quiet at your job. You can't always be spouting off and sharing your beliefs, especially when they're not fully formed. Who knows what'll happen? But when it comes to politics, the people are the ones who rule. We're always taught that's the theory. It's the people who rule. And they continue to act with bad faith. Because bad faith is rewarded in politics. Even if something is not true. What you do is you weave this big, grand myth, almost a prophecy. And you tell the lie, you tell the lie, or you just hope, and you hope, and you hope. And you tell people, this is going to be, be true one day. This is going to be true. And you hope in your heart that it actually does become true. Even though you know it's not true right now. Outside the realm of politics, you see this... All the time. Take, again, another benign example, like sports. A judgment call in football. A flag is thrown. It's pass interference. I could see that happening in this upcoming Auburn-Georgia game. There's a pass interference thrown against the Georgia defense. And all the Georgia fans, the diehards, say, That's not pass interference, ref. That was great coverage. And all the Auburn fans will say, Yeah, 15 yards. Of course, that was pass interference. He needs to learn to cover that receiver having his hands off of him. And usually, that's all in good fun. That's part of sports. It gets out our competitive nature, our aggressive nature, being part of a tribe and a team that we can root for and live through vicariously. But at the end of the day, it's a football game. A lot of people are making money off that football game, but it's a game. It's for our entertainment. So it doesn't really matter if the people on opposing sides can agree on whether or not a given call is actually past interference. But when that moves to the realm of being... Overzealous, you get trees poisoned. And in politics, it ruins people's judgment and perspective. It makes people resentful of one another, full of contempt, and suspicious. When really, they're not suspicious of the Republican or the Democrat next door. What they're really suspicious of and what they're really fearful of and resentful towards is all that power, that Democrat or Republican next door, gets in Washington, D.C. after the people go and vote. So when this Roy Moore allegation comes out tonight when it rocks Alabama all through the day. I read the story, and it's interesting. This woman, who was 14 at the time, has voted Republican in the last three presidential elections. She didn't want to come forward in 2000 because her kids were in school, and she knew she would get a lot of heat for talking about it. And she is getting heat today. She was right about that. She thought even before it should go public, maybe I'll just go talk to Roy Moore personally and say, do you remember this? And so the Washington Post story claims that they found out about this. Somebody whispered in their ear that there's this rumor out here. There's a sordid past in Judge Moore's history. I'm reading the story because I'm not stumping for the Republicans and I could give a damn about the Democrats. I'm pretty much resigned to give up my fate and my future to the will of you, the wise people. I'm sitting there reading it saying it might be true. Who knows? I'm not the three-eyed raven from Game of Thrones. I can't go back and look into somebody's past. I don't know. But what I find amazing is just like fanatics watching their favorite football team who can't agree on a pass interference call, everybody took their positions. Supporters of Judge Moore... Of course, called out the Democrats, called out the mainstream media, people that just hate the establishment or the globalists or whatever the hell you want to call them, the plutocracy, the oligarchs, they said, you're just trying to take our election from us. People on the left are saying, oh, what hypocrisy, this holier than thou guy who said gays, homosexuality should be illegal for years. Look, he made sexual advances towards a 14-year-old. And you better believe there's somebody out there in the investigative world, in the oppo research world, that wants to find some gay encounter Roy Moore had with somebody. Well, it was hot and steamy in Vietnam. So they're calling out The man they despise. And I'm sitting here thinking the partisanship, the bad faith, yeah, the power offered to the people through the ballot box has corrupted their ability to see things clearly. Even the people that wrote and published this story. Do you think they would be looking for the story unless it was about some power game? See, this is what politics does. It takes somebody who's trying to tell their story. It takes reporters who claim they're telling the truth and unearthing corruption and hypocrisy. It takes people that want to just express their values, who want to vote for who they want to vote for and give it to the establishment. It takes all these different groups with all their different interests, and it makes everybody corrupt. Because at the end of the day, politics is not about telling the truth. Politics isn't about upholding our best ideals as a people in a nation. Politics isn't even about, at least not on the campaign trail, giving good, sober policy prescriptions to the people's ills. At the end of the day, politics is about winning and wielding power. So you have to do whatever it takes in order to win and wield power. And the people I feel the worst for, because I've been there myself, are the folks that aren't anywhere near power. We're almost like fans of politics and the people vying for power and the people who have it. And even though we're really just spectators watching this wicked spectator sport, We let it ruin our day. We let it ruin our friendships. We let it... Corrupt us. You know, there are simple examples. I'm trying to come up with a Rorschach test. For partisans. That you've gone too far. You've drunk too much of the Kool-Aid, man. For example, the other day on the Book of Faces, I share a simple little video where Donald Trump is at a health care executive order signing. I posted it without comment because I thought it was funny. Because after Trump gives his remarks, he walks away from the presidential podium and Mike Pence has to say, oh, Mr. President, Mr. President. And Trump looks around, his mouth agape. Oh, my God, I forgot to sign it. And he does this weird little run like he's shimmying and listening to some workout music. Shimmy, 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 shimmy's over to the little desk. And he signs the executive order. I thought it was just a funny moment. But no, 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 no. That's when the bad faith creeps in. That's when the go team creeps in. Because there are people that come onto that simple post of mine, I thought was a funny, lighthearted moment. Sort of a whoops-a-daisies moment. And, oh, you people are always crapping on Trump, our president. He's a great man. And then people from the other side. Oh, what a buffoon. He's not my president. I'm sitting here thinking, can't it just be a funny moment? The same thing with Ellen DeGeneres. On Katy Perry's birthday, tweeted a picture of her looking right at Katy Perry's rack. And the tweet comment said, Happy birthday. Let out the big balloons. And of course, people are calling for double standards. What if a man did this? Hypocrisy. Blah, 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 blah. The day when a lesbian can't make a boob joke, I'm out. Why can't it just be a funny joke? Everybody's looking for the hypocrites. Everybody's looking for the lies. Everybody wants to be their own Howard Beale. Or at least to watch their own Howard Beale. Whether it's Glenn Beck on the defunct Blaze or Keith Opelman over at GQ. Whether it's Sean Hannity, Ra-Ra or Rachel Maddow. It's insanity. And now that I have unplugged from really giving a damn whether Republicans or Democrats take over D.C., and yes, I know more than some, I don't know at all, what the ramifications might be, whether it's the Republicans or Democrats in power. I've pulled my hair out and messed with my own insanity for five or six years now. Figuring out what the ramifications might be. And I realize it's because I am so obsessed with that center of power. I am so obsessed with the jockeying for this or that team. I'm done. If the people are so wise, they can decide Joey's fate. And some days I'm going to have fun. But some days it's just. Tiring. Man. It's always a fight. Politics doesn't bring us together. We're not going to get national unity. If Doug Jones is elected senator. And homosexuality is probably not going to be outlawed if Roy Moore becomes senator. Thank God for undemocratic things like the courts. It's just the vitriol and the resentment. Again, it's not a good look, Alabama. So we might be rocked But it's not like sitting in a rocking chair in front of Cracker Barrel. It's not like somebody reared back and sucker punched us. It's not all the establishment is trying to win the election or steal the election from the populist or it's not that these holier-than-thou conservative Christians have all their own sins. Excuse me, folks. At the end of the day, this is not going to make a huge difference. Until we address that power is corrupting most of us who follow politics it's not going to make much of a difference. It's going to be more bad faith, more selective listening, more yelling and screaming for the cause. And I get it. But I don't want to be a part of it. I care deeply for the ideals this country is supposed to uphold. But right now, when it comes to partisan politics, those ideals have been perverted. Perverted a lot more than any sort of terrible, sick perverted thing Louis C.K. could pull. But let's rock Alabama. Let's rock. Listen to a guitar solo of an occultist, Joey Clark. Welcome back.
1: It's
2: it's been a metal day. Major boobic man. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. And if you want to call in 272-9228, 272-9228, that's exactly what Debbie did. Hello, Debbie. How are you? Hi,
0: Joey.
2: How are you, honey? I'm all right. A little frustrated with... All the
0: yeah. all the so-called yeah.
2: wise people out there.
0: Well, I, I've got a few things I was going to just throw out at you. One thing that I have to remind myself daily of is there is bad and good in everything. Amen. So don't ever let yourself get down in the dumps because you know we got a lot of bad that we hear every single day, but there's good out there if you look for it.
2: Oh, I, I completely so I completely agree with you. There's a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go have dinner with a good friend tonight. I'm going oh, to eat some spicy food. I'm going to yeah. hang out with friends at home and have a conversation, watch some good stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, life's not bad. It's just that when I have it's to talk depressing. about politics, <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing how duplicitous and dishonest people become when they're defending their cause and fighting over power.
0: Right, yes, and that was what I was going to say next. When it comes down to this thing, um, one thing I've learned to judge, I don't go with parties because they both have bad and good in them. Both parties do. So what I have to do is I have to stand back and be an objective observer you know, observer for a minute. Think about when, well, you don't have kids, but like you and your brother, okay, when you were young. And you get caught doing something, and you're going to point the finger at each other. No, he did it. No, he did it. Right. And the mom's sitting there looking like, who do I, you know, believe? Because I, I, I just don't know who did it. I didn't see it. Well, you know, it, it doesn't take long, and you figure it out just by watching the reactions and what's being said, so on and so forth. So it all comes out in the wash. One thing that I will say is timing is everything, and reputation also. The Washington Post, didn't they put a bunch of crap out around uh, the time. Trump was running. Oh yeah! Wasn't it the same rag oh, that was doing yeah. all that nastiness? Yeah. Same game. Their reputation is manure. They have already proven they're not trustworthy. That this is some a tactic that they use in their little game. I, I wouldn't believe a thing they put out. That's the first problem.
2: You don't think the story could be possibly true?
0: <laughs> well, it doesn't matter if it is or not. It's who's putting it out. The reputation.
2: Well, imagine they, they, imagine it didn't come from the Washington Post, and imagine there is okay. no election. Right. And you found out, say, a local It would person. be more
0: believable. It would be more believable.
2: And that's an interest... That's exactly my point.
0: Right. Right. So this timing, as you were just putting it in your own way, means everything. It just shows you and me and people that keep up with what's going on that there is an objective to the lie and unfortunately I, i just can't believe any of these young ladies that are coming out now if they had done it like you said without a reason for it to be done and they are honest about what they're saying i might think about believing them on that point even if it is all these years later But I just absolutely can't believe them only because of how it's being presented, by whom it is being presented, and the timing. Those three factors just really just can't, I I just can't get over them.
2: Well, and Debbie, you just reminded me of a line of poetry that has essentially been um, the theme for my unplugging from the parties and from... The partisan news, but I've been saying this for a while. It applies to the Russian thing. I think it applies now. You talked about how there's an objective
0: to the uh-huh. story.
2: Okay. Uh-huh. Here's the line. It's from William Blake, Auguries of Innocence. A truth that's told with bad intent Beats all the lies you can invent. And you're also talking about there are good things in life. It's not all down. It's right that it should be so. Man was made for jo- joy and woe, and when this we rightly know, through the world we safely go.
0: Mm, very nice.
2: Jo- joy, so cool. <laughs> Joy and woe are woven fine a clothing for the soul divine. Under every grief and pine runs a joy with silken and twine. And essentially, that's what drives me nuts. Is the yeah, there's going to be good things in life, bad things in life. In fact, if you get good things in life, you're probably going to end up sad at some point. We don't live forever. Uh, like, uh-uh. if you get a puppy, you have to have. I've had that weird thought. Like, I don't want to get a puppy because I know 10 years from now, or uh, I'm going yeah. to be really sad about it. But yeah, it's worth the 10, 15 years, 16, hopefully, with your dog. Um, but do you live in a bubble? You can't live right. in a bubble. You would experience nothing.
0: And with every bit of bad that happens, you learn something. You learn what you don't want in life. You learn what you want in life. And those two factors right there speak volumes. But because the, without the yeah. experience, you would have no idea.
2: Oh, amen to that. And you, it is about working through things for the good and the bad, the pleasure yes, and the pain. Is. But that first line, a truth that's told with bad intent beats all the lies you can't invent. Uh, that yep. is what's undoing, I think, American sense of community. I mm-hmm. mean, a, a community, whether it's like a political party, what really brings Republicans together is it tax cuts? <laughs> is it mm-hmm. what is? No, it's these days hatred of the Democrats. I would, yeah, I wish it was something else. And of most Democrats, what brings them together? Hatred of Republicans. Yeah. And it's not—it's not it, yeah. it's really hatred. It's more resentment and contempt. It's not quite out and out hate. Some people go that far, but it is that sort of contempt and resentment that brings people together. They need a good scapegoat, whether it's Barack Obama or Donald Trump. And don't get me wrong—I didn't like Obama. I'm on many policies. I don't like Trump, but it's—I yeah. really I'm tired of the game. The way this game is being played, it's tearing us apart. Like I saw mm-hmm. an, an article the other day that if. The United States went back to Switzerland. So, for instance, Switzerland formed their federalism, their federal system, based on the United States Constitution. But they, I think, improved on it. And the United yeah. States, to start looking at it, if we had a federal system like Switzerland, we would have over essentially 1,300 states. But mm. essentially, most of the governing in Switzerland is done at the Canton cantonal level uh, think of mm-hmm. like the size of montgomery imagine if mm-hmm. politics was local that the people you're arguing with and fighting with and having to compromise with you where know your where your they actual, live
0: yeah. you know how yeah they're yeah, that would make actual neighbors
2: and it, it <laughs> might be people might be more willing to do things like welfare people might be more willing to look out mm-hmm. for one another but and mm-hmm. then you have a central government that ensures people's freedoms But that's not how our system has come to work. Now, almost every decision is made in D.C. People are rightfully scared and resentful of the power when it's not in their hands. It's driving us apart as a people.
0: And they keep manipulating people that are not intelligent enough to keep up with what's really going on. If you say something often enough, people begin to believe it. And let's face it, our media has been really playing us against each other through this idea that uh, we had a black president. If you didn't agree with everything, you're racist. No. Well, and no, they're, absolutely not. And that's they're not playing
2: true. on people's emotions. Um, oh,
0: absolutely. People's they
2: fear, are. their envy, and their love. They they appeal to people's loyalty mm-hmm. and love of country, but they definitely appeal to people's envy. Look at all that power that, or that money, all that stuff uh-huh. that person has. you got to
0: hate that rich person because that rich person's got more than you. You know what? They don't have more than me. They might have more money, but they don't have more love. Uh, mm. uh, that's what's important to me, so... No, they don't have more. I've never been envious. I've got wealthy relatives, and I've never been envious of what they've got. I would never want to be Donald Trump. But the fundamental thing, the
2: fundamental one, is fear, and they play on people's fear in the United States in all sorts of ways. And it's not on one side; it's uh, every which way. Fear and
0: guilt.
2: Fear and guilt. Well, Debbie, thank you. Thank Thank you so much for the call. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, It is an incredible place we've gone to, folks, and. And I also, I'm not here saying you've got to be a libertarian, you've got to be conservative, or... I'm not sitting here saying I have the solution to stuff. The solution might be that everybody sort of takes a step back. You know, I'm not jumping away from conservative talk radio to libertarian orthodoxy, or from libertarian orthodoxy, as George Orwell says... To exchange one orthodoxy for another is not necessarily an advance. So I don't claim to offer any particular ideological creed. I do, if I'm just talking personally, love the idea of liberty and equality and solidarity for all. With liberty being the foremost. I don't mean equality of wealth or of outcome or even opportunity, equal freedom. Treating your people in your life as equals. Maybe you have more money, maybe you have more power. Maybe you're smarter than they are. Maybe they are smarter than you. But you realize even these people that are incredibly successful, incredibly brilliant, they still have to... What's the child's book? Everybody poops. We're all frail. We're all fragile. And all of our crap, our poop stinks. But even though I believe in liberty and equality and solidarity, I'm not going to force it on anybody. I'd rather let the people so wise decide my fate. If that's the way the game is going to be played. And if you're going to play the game My advice to you is to engage in politics Very skeptically Understand that Whether it's pundits on cable news Or politicians themselves Or radio crooners like me People are trying To sway you I'm not selling you anything Be skeptical of cynics like myself Be skeptical of sentimentalists skeptical of my very words and beware the lust for political power or riches and fame Isn't that the tragic warning story of Ric Flair we were talking about last night the 30 for 30 on him was remarkable overall beware political parties and their proclaimed ideals their false promises political parties are about power nothing more nothing less They stand for ideals, and they'll promise you heaven and earth when they're not sitting on a seat of power. But with power as their goal, any political project by any political party runs the almost certain risk of strong leaders and behind-the-scenes operators and their cults of personality and all the strings they weave, all the leverage and dirt they dig up on everybody else, even their so-called friends and comrades. They have the potential to use you as a means to their ends as disposable, as experimental objects, as sacrificial animals, as a broken egg for their big omelet breakfast. If you don't believe me or you find this overblown, well, let's look at how the world works. Politics nine times out of ten is a march to slaughter. Some animals just know it better than others. And accordingly make it to the dinner table alive At the expense of the ignorant Who provide the meat at a very high price It's a crazy world out there And you have to keep your wits about you I say it all the time The tyrant in you is the tyrant in me And we have to learn to act act Authentically To speak up Don't be afraid to say what you think, even if you're going to be shamed for it. But also think about what you're going to say. Don't just react. Don't just get angry. Don't just get resentful and mad. Try to understand where the person talking to you is coming from. So even if this story on Roy Moore is true it's already a political football and it smells to high heaven. It's a shame, if the story is true, that that 14-year-old girl didn't bring charges within the statute of limitations. It's an absolute shame. Imagine your daughter at 14 years old being courted by a 32-year-old man. I'm not telling you how to vote. Again, I don't give a damn. But if the story is true, oh, Lord. And I offered a few days ago last week, Doug Jones, Roy Moore can come on the show if they like, but it's not going to be the usual interview. And I don't know if Roy Moore would be willing, given that I have said I'm an atheist. I don't know. I don't think people who believe in God are stupid. I'm searching. And I'm being honest about that search. Very quickly, we've got about three minutes left. Go back to the phones. News talk. Who's this? You're on there. This is Joey. Uh,
1: this is John, Joey. Hey, John. Uh... What I I would like to say may sound strange. Okay. I I want to pose a question not only to the audience, but to you. Okay. Whenever Satan offered dominion of the kingdoms of this earth to Jesus, were they his to give Jesus? Think about that. Don't just answer right now, but think about that. And think about kingdoms, governments, however you want to put it.
2: And when Jesus being tempted in the desert, the last That's temptation.
1: Correct.
2: That's correct. Well, I think Jesus was a smart guy to turn it down. Oh yeah! Oh
1: yeah!
2: Oh yeah! Well, and are you familiar with how Dante portrays Satan in the Inferno? Not. Per-
1: it's. I, if it's you're the last about the different. different yeah. uh Different levels.
2: It's the last, final circle of hell, and instead of it being fire and brimstone. It's a sheet of ice. And the reason it's a sheet of ice is Satan is stuck waist-deep in the ice, and the reason it's so cold is because he's forever flapping his wings, thinking power, power, and more power will give him his own kingdom, and all it does is create his own prison.
1: Exactly. exactly. Yep. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam uh, took of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He got that knowledge. And that's what we have. We have that knowledge of good and evil, but we don't know how to control it. And when he gave that dominion that God, the Godhead gave to him in the garden, when he was obedient to Satan, he gave that dominion to Satan. And it hasn't, been eliminated yet. So when you're looking at sides, they're not really sides. They may appear that way, but they're not.
2: Very well said, man. I really thank you for the call. Thank you. You have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that's going to be it for us, folks. It's going to be it for me. I'll be back tomorrow, though. It's going to be Friday. I'm not sure... What I'm going to talk about, maybe I'll do a Mamma Mia review. I haven't watched it yet, though. But my roommates keep insisting. Oh, and they heard you, Benny Han. I played the tape for them last night. They are out and ready to respond. And they're going to respond by reviewing Mamma Mia. Thank you for listening, folks. This has been the Joey Clark Radio Hour. What a world. What a world. It's your-
1: Joey Clark. Heavy metal.